Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello and welcome to Calgary's podcast with Mario Tonaguzzi on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Marika Staiba, who is the owner of Peas Blossoms in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Marika. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start by uh, just telling me a little bit about Peas Blossoms, uh, what it is and what you do. We're a fabulous micro-sized little professional florist down in the Beltline. Uh, We're a wild 500 square feet of independently owned flowers and really neat local made stuff. So giftware and plants and anything that is, uh, I don't know, interesting and textured and inviting. So tell me, uh, uh, I understand there's probably an interesting story behind the name. Tell me where the name originates from. So back in the day with the previous owner, um, she chose something that was historic. So Peas Blossoms was the flower fairy from A Midsummer's Night's Dream. And when I started in 2000 working for Teresa, that, of course, appealed to me because my uh, educational background was English literature. So I was oh, like, wow. well, this is definitely the place for me. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where people like peas blossoms. And back in the Victorian age, it was a type of flower that's no longer, I guess, recognized. You know, what's interesting, uh, I find it uh, interesting because I, uh, uh, I live in the northwest part of Calgary where, um, uh, in Silver Springs. Silver yeah. Springs, I don't know if you know, but Silver Springs has a forest and, and, and garden areas. And one of the areas is a Shakespeare's garden. Um, and oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You walk, you, you walk around and there's uh, and there's um, sayings from different uh, plays by Shakespeare. And uh, and uh, I think the flowers uh, that are growing there and the plants that are growing there all have some Shakespearean uh, connection mm-hmm. to them. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, one, it's one of the magical things about flowers is they really haven't changed that much over the last few hundred years. So you can actually find that thread of history actually through through plants. So tell me how you got started in this and, and when. Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. So uh, as a poor university student who was hopeless at serving, um, I found myself in retail and uh, it, it got a little boring after a while. And a young lady that I worked with at Winterco, which was a Calgary-based company, um, she came across this ad and she goes, this is for Kensington Flowers. And she goes, I feel really strongly that you, you are, you're a creative person. You should look at this. And um, so I did. I applied. Uh, I wasn't her first choice, uh, but her first choice didn't pan out. So I did get a call and I eventually did end up there. And um, anyone who's been in the flower business for a long time will tell you it's like an addiction. <laughs> and once you're in it, you almost can't really leave it because it's so different than most jobs. And so I started doing that in university and um, I graduated and eventually Peas Blossoms was my Girl Friday gig. And I was there every Friday for six years and until I was offered to buy the business from my boss. How long ago was that? I started there in 2000. So this is the longest job I've ever possessed. Been doing flowers now for 26 years and um, have owned Peas Blossoms since 2006. Oh, okay. So what is uh, the appeal for you? Uh, It's very immediate. It's very tactile. 
there's smell, there's character. Uh, if you look at a bucket of flowers, every flower might be same but different. So it's just this thing where living things are perfectly imperfect. So there's these constant lessons and there's no day that's the same day twice. You get to do different things every day. So it keeps the boredom away. And of course, the customer interactions are unlike you would get anywhere else. It's really, really meaningful work. And, uh, you know, so at the end of the day, uh, you feel like you've done something, which mm. is a real treat. Do you have a favorite flower? Uh, I have a list of favorite flowers <laughs> by season. <laughs> I mean, it would be it would be foolish of me to say that peonies aren't a favorite. I was married in June just so I could have peonies. Oh, wow. um, but every every season has the most, you know, it's one of those things where you see a certain flower and you're like, oh, we must be coming up to the season. So, you know, there's the there's the tulips that we get from Holland in the in the wintertime and hellebores are beautiful. And then you get the fritillaria and the muscari in the spring. And then you're like, oh, and a lot of really popular flowers are very fleeting. They're only available for like a handful of weeks, which I think is why peonies are so special. Right. So um, I just think I have a favorite for every season. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. Totally understand. Uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about, uh, I know, your journey. Uh, you know, obviously, um, it's not an easy thing, right, especially in this day yeah. and age. Uh, uh, what are some of the things that uh, that uh, you've learned about being an entrepreneur over that uh, journey of yours? Uh, I think that um, there's been so many lessons. You, It's a very humbling experience. It's definitely not the line of work for the faint of heart. Um, uh, flowers are very similar to maybe the restaurant business from the perspective of perishability. So learning how to gauge your inventory, learning how, um, you know, when, when a potato falls on the floor, a chef can turn it into mashed potatoes. When a flower falls on the floor and breaks, it goes right into the compost bin. So it's a little more ruthless that way because there's this aesthetic component to it and so, you know, you have to, um, I guess, on one hand, see it as something beautiful and, and artistic because it is. But on the other hand, there is that dimension of, you know, you can't buy a hundred of something and have it just go into the compost bin because it's not the favorite flower of the day. And, um, and so from a, a, a perspective of just even inventory, it's a, it's a wild, wild thing. But staffing has probably been one of my most um, big lessons because an, a business like Flowers has a lot of, um, I don't know, cachet, uh, things that people feel are ideals and they don't necessarily understand that Flowers, the business of Flowers is labor intensive and dirty and you ruin all your clothes and, you know, <laughs> where you don't spend all of your day making beautiful things. You wash a lot of buckets. You water a lot of plants, you know, you do a lot of things. And so a lot of times people come to this business with, I don't know, a preconceived notion of like, it's so pretty and it's so lovely. And if I had a quarter for every time I heard that, I'd be, I'd be a millionaire living somewhere in France, not, you know, pushing <laughs> pedals here. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So on that journey, um, uh, where do you think you, you learned the most uh, in 
outside of the actual uh, doing it. But uh, are there any books or any other entrepreneurs you've learned from? I think that um, like a lot of other niche uh, businesses, flowers, we have a very tight knit group. Uh, most of us are raised from the beginning and end up owning our own shops. So there's a handful of us. Yeah. We support each other. We talk to each other. I mean, there are definitely um, books over the years where you look at old masters and you look at beautiful things and, and you think, well, that would be really lovely, but the day-to-day stuff is so different. And so in a way you have to find, you know, uh, the mechanics and then you turn it into your own artistic style because we're not an FTD shop. We're definitely more of an artistic, um, I guess, a trades person as opposed to just a retail person. And that makes it uh, interesting, but also more challenging. Mm -hmm. So on your feet, learn on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's so true. What what about the business uh, these days? How is the, uh, the past year or so, uh, you know, with the pandemic uh, impacted what you do and, uh, and, and the business there? Uh, it's been really wild, really. We thought for sure the bottom was going to drop out. The economy was poor before the pandemic. We had been experiencing road work for two years before that. So yeah. we had just been recovering from that. And then all of a sudden this happened and we're like, what's going to happen? And then there were some real scary things that happened on the auctions, big worldwide flower auctions that hit the news, dumpsters being filled with brand new flowers that didn't get moved. Um, And so farmers started panic. And so all of a sudden our food chain for flowers changed very dramatically overnight. Um, For us, because we've always supported local and always bought BC, my food chain didn't actually change a whole lot at all. Um, so we we continued to support the farmers that we had standing orders with. We didn't skip a beat there. Um, and then all of a sudden, the appetite for flowers to communicate, to send send something to someone that you couldn't go see, all of a sudden was like we were emissaries for people. And yeah. so all of a sudden, we're like, wow, this is we're going to do this. And so, you know, it's a really unusual thing to sit here and say that my staff have been fully employed this entire time. There's been no hiccups to being able to support my staff or my growers. Our customers have supported us. And uh, I feel very fortunate that um, we've been able to continue on. But also interesting to see how people all of a sudden valued us. And in a poor economy, a lot of people say, oh, flowers are the first thing to go. And then all of a sudden, in a time of crisis, we were the one thing that really gave people some comfort and some some happiness. And I've had many customers who like, we look forward to seeing your flowers. It's the only joy we have in our day. And I was like, how much more satisfaction can you get out of your job when someone tells you that, that they look forward to those flowers showing up because it's the only bit of color and fun that they have. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty magical. Yeah, that's so true, right? And uh you know, when you when you think about it, I think a lot more people, uh, you know, even beyond flowers, uh, even into the gardening thing, uh, you know, a lot oh, God, yes, are into that now, too. Right. Uh, you know, you got to you got to find, I guess, the, the, the things that keep you preoccupied and keep you passionate about things. Right. And obviously you do have that passion for flowers. Did you always have it like did you as a uh, kid? Did you love flowers as a kid or? Um, both my grandmothers were in Vancouver. 
So I had the French, the French Canadian grandma and the, the Austrian Ukrainian grandma, and both of them just gardened like mad. Right. And I think that when you go and you're from Alberta and you go to Vancouver and you see these walls of blue hydrangea and you're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And every summer trying to bring one home and it, of course, like never surviving, yeah. but always thinking, you know, um, and, and both of them gardened quite differently. And um, that was really neat because you looked forward to visiting each of them. And um, there's something really grounding and really healing and really um, wonderful about plants and gardens. And of course, anybody who's been to Vancouver goes, uh, this is a really yeah. good reason to move here. However, we have, we have some game here in Alberta. I grow a lot of things here for, for the shop and, um, and I think that, yeah, I think it's genetic maybe, or, or maybe just a recognition of how valuable that is. So do you do a lot of gardening as well? I do what I can. I do a lot of perennials because I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But um, in my early floral career, I was very blessed to uh, work with a fellow named Buck Godwin out of uh, Olds. And he was a retired Olds college professor who did a test garden and a hobby farm for florists. And he taught me lots and showed me that there was such a variety of things that actually did well here. And when he passed away and the farm wasn't available anymore, I was like, well, I guess the only way I'm going to get these is if I grow them myself. Yeah. I was thinking when, uh, when you mentioned uh, uh, part um, Ukrainian background, uh, one of my favorites is poppies, right? And uh, uh, oh, yeah. I just love poppies and they, they grow like crazy. <laughs> Uh, they do, but the variety of them is so wild, and we we love them for their pods. It sounds odd, but maybe you know sometimes the poppy pods are just as exciting to me as the flower themselves. Yeah. Okay. So being an entrepreneur, obviously, uh, you know uh, it's almost like twenty four seven job. Uh, yeah. What do you do uh, to, um, I guess, outside of work? Uh, what do you do to, to reoccupy your time or take you away from work and get, get relaxed? Uh, I, I guess in my mind, it doesn't ever end. Yeah. It's all interrelated. Uh, I do have three kids, so that keeps me super busy as well. So uh, this job has offered me a lot of flexibility. It's not a nine to five job, so it uh, does accommodate a variety of things that happen during the day. Um, I love to garden, as mentioned. I love to write. I love to draw. I love to sew. Uh, I've been sewing since I was six. So that's kind of like my my quiet, happy place, you know, and uh, just being outside. We have a really great inner city yard and and pets. And, you know, there's, there's never a dull moment. Mm. What are so, the when you look into the future uh, on your uh, business um, for Peas Blossoms, do you uh, have any thoughts on uh, about growing the business, uh, what you want to do with the business in the future? That's a really good question because, of course, we're living so day-to-day -day now. And uh, we do a farmer's market at the Bears Paw Farmer's Market on Sundays. And that has kind of carried us through some of the really patchy parts of the economy over the last few years. And um, it's grown so exponentially. And of course we get asked to do markets all the time. So if I was to expand my business, I would do that more so than taking on more of a bricks and mortar space, because I feel like that is a, a culture to itself and a dimension of interest. And it's a really great way to 
you know, promote local because that's, that's more what I would want to do in a, in a perfect world. In a few years, I would happily buy a flower farm or create a flower farm like Buck had and really kind of, um, promote the notion that we can have our own economy and don't have to rely so heavily on everyone else. Yeah, no, that's true. Right. And, uh, um, and when you look at it, uh, are you are you thinking of in Alberta? Because I know it's a challenge, right? Uh, it's oh, a for sure. Growing things in Alberta, and uh, with especially here, you know, we're we're both in Calgary, but man, oh man, like uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't know when to put plants outside, when the when the seed things, uh, you know, and uh, it, it is very challenging here. How do you deal with that? It's it's funny because back in the day when Buck was operating his farm and you would get a call and say there's going to be a frost you get out here and you cut everything you know and so there was always this like potential of urgency or you know if a hailstorm came there was nothing they could do and you yeah. just have to roll with it so um you know that that is the debate there's so much potential in alberta that's untapped we have great sun here we have as much sun in alberta as california has we sure. just have it at the wrong time of year so, you know, if ever um, our province starts looking at things like alternative energy sources, we have amazing geothermal we could be tapping into. That would keep a greenhouse going at a very economical rate. And then you could really do some stuff, right? And, um, and of course, I, was, I myself was born in Vernon. And so every time wow. I go to the Okanagan, I'm like, yeah, I think I could be pretty happy here. And given how many of our clients have actually moved out there, Kelowna, Vernon, you know, through the Okanagan, um, yeah. we have actually run into our customers out there. So, you know, these things roll around my mind. Is the grass always greener on the other side? Probably not, you know, but uh, there's, there's really beautiful things to be you know, excited about the landscape here and, and, uh, you know, BC is lovely, but it's not everything. So true. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks very much, uh, Marika for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was Marika Staiba, who is owner of Peas Blossoms in Calgary. This has been Calgary's podcast with Mario Tanaguzzi on Canada's podcast network. Thanks for joining us.